how to move past fear and doubt and step into freedom in your career and in your life with the creator of the Recovery at Work coaching program, Maureen Ross Jim, on episode number 227 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. I tried to make some changes and I read a lot of these kind of self-help books, but nothing was changing because I couldn't give up my addictions. So finally, a series of bad things happened. I won't go into. Suffice it to say, I hit my bottom pretty hard. It was painful to be in a place of such self-loathing and guilt and shame and just disgust with myself. I just couldn't stand it anymore. And I did reach out and I got the help I needed. Hi there. This is Ty Morgan from InfinitePlanning.org, where I financially and emotionally support families that are not given options and help them to find a way to financial freedom. With Dr. Miller, we're here to help you find a way to beyond adversity to your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose on the Beyond Adversity Podcast. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Pleasure and a privilege to have you with me here today on the podcast devoted to you and helping you to grow through what you go through and to navigate adverse life events and to come to your place of peace and prosperity and purpose. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com for over 200 episodes of this podcast, helping you to recover from adverse conditions in your life. You can also head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40-day way for more information about our course, The 40-Day Way, which is our process, our program to help you to create your PLP, your Promised Life Plan, a plan to get you from being stuck to having a plan to get to your promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose in 40 days. Here's our question for today, friends. What if you do feel stuck? What if you do feel at a dead end in your career that is related to your mental and physical well-being and being in a mode of distress in your personal life? They're all connected, right? They're all connected. Because if you hit rock bottom in your relationships, uh, in your body, in other aspects of your life, it's going to affect your career and and vice versa as well. Our guest today hit bottom in her life, Marie Ross Jim. She hit bottom at the age of 24. She was a broken woman. Uh, She was an alcoholic, a drug addict, had issues with her attitude and with relationships. And she realized that this could not go on. You're going to feel her story today about that desperation and what she did about it. You're going to feel her desperation. You're going to feel that pain. 
And you're going to learn from her what she did to get out of that and to have success in her life and in her career as she will teach us about the seven steps to transformation about no matter what throws you off and of how things like spiritual practices and meditation and believing in miracles and 12 steps are all a part of the process to help her not only recover, but to have a lot of fun in life and to have success in life and to teach people just like you how to transfer that success into the workplace as well as she teaches a course on helping people to recover at work to be able to step up in their career and have success in their career as they get in alignment with their personal life and their physical health and their emotional and spiritual well-being. You're going to love, you're going to love this uh, this episode. Maureen is a real gem of a person, no pun intended, but uh, she is a real delight for us to, to speak with. When we come back on the other side of the, of the interview, we're going to talk about uh, the specific things that you can do to recover in your life and particularly about some actions that you can take. I hope that you'll listen carefully to this. She blogs and her website is EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com. Let's get into our conversation with Maureen Ross Jim right now. Maureen, we welcome you to Beyond Adversity. Thank you, Brad. It's very nice to be here. Indeed, it is a pleasure to have you on Beyond Adversity. And as we say many times, this podcast is all about helping folks to navigate rough patches in their life and come out to a better place. And I know you you have had your share of challenges to deal with, and you've leveraged some of those challenges that you have navigated to do some of your teaching and leadership now. But let's just hear a bit of your background story about how you got to where you're at now and overcome some of the things you've dealt with. So start with your, wherever you'd like to start in terms of giving us a little background about who you are. Thank you. I do. I just love the name of your podcast. I just want to start with that because when you really understand that adversity is just a tool for growth to help you become more of who you are and grow into the potential that you're meant to be on the planet, it's like, it's almost okay, bring it on sometimes Mm -hmm. when you finally get that. But before you get that. I was just a victim. I was just a victim of my circumstances. Okay. So I grew up in a family with six kids. My mom and dad had six kids in eight and a half years. That's called That's a big family. Catholic. Okay, <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Good, good. <laughs> and I was pretty much told what to do and when to do it and how to do it and sometimes why. I did have some choices, but Mostly, I was one of the pack, and I fit in there, and I was there was love in my family. In later years, in my teenage years, my dad did become an alcoholic, but he was very mild-mannered, drunk, just wasn't emotionally available for us, fell asleep on the couch, that sort of thing. All right. But for the most part, my job in breaking away as an adolescent was to figure out who I was, and I was clueless. I had no idea who I was, and so... When I was growing up, what was going on? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And that's what I did. So I got mixed into 
doing drugs and alcohol so I could fit in. And that's what peers and peer pressure was doing. And I, I was quite the follower, if you will. Yes. And I turned into a very angry teenager. And I never wore shoes. I was skipping school all the time. In my 10th year of high school, I skipped 65 days of school because I just had such a bad attitude. We're talking 15. I was a full-blown alcoholic by then. Wow. And I, uh, so much so that in my, I was sick all the time, constant throat viruses and bronchitis and all that because I was smoking. I was popping whatever pill anybody gave me. I was sneaking out of the house at night and I found myself in some very dangerous situations and I was victimized sexually and all the things that you can't even stand to think of your kids going through Mm. at 15. And so in my junior year of high school, I actually spent the whole first week of school in detentions, making up for all the detentions I missed (laughs) in the previous year before they would give me my schedule. Same thing happened in my senior year, but after the first day of detentions, I said, give me my schedule or I walk. I knew enough now to be that angry person was the way I got my way. So anyways, long and the short of it is between the ages of 17 and 24, I moved 13 times. I was constantly running from who I was, but I always had a strong work ethic. I'm not really sure why. I'm kind of mad about that because it served me. Well, in the beginning, it was so that I could support my habit my my bad habits. But I worked full time and I always worked part time in a bar so that I didn't have to pay for drinks. I could drink for free and flirt for free and yeah. have the money I needed to pay my bills and live on my own. Okay. But I really was into blaming people and places. And I knew the reason I was so messed up was because Connecticut, <laughs> Connecticut sucked. Oh, you blamed oh, your location? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I blamed my bosses and my boyfriends and my girlfriends and my, my apartment landlord. It didn't matter. It, nothing was my fault. Okay. It was, I was just angry and I couldn't figure anything out. So I did take a geographical cure and I moved to Texas because I heard a story. And that was story of adventure. And I wanted to figure out who I was and how to get there. In some ways, I was chasing my potential. And in other ways, I was running from the chaos I kept creating. Mm. And so I got a good job. I got a job as a bank teller. But after a time, I got the part-time job in the bar and I was then off and running. And I created all the same havoc and chaos that I had created in Connecticut. And guess what? The only person to blame now was me. I could see my pattern. So finally I did, I got my hands on that famous book, Think and Grow Rich. Okay. I the reason everything was so bad because I didn't have any money. Yeah. Brad, money, so, that's going to fix everything. So that was going to be the other escape route. You were trying to escape right? physical location and other relationships and Money, Everything. money was the other thing. But here's the thing. That book is not about money at all. It's about how you think. It's about how you believe, what you believe and how you believe in yourself. So I started to have more positive thinking and I tried to make some changes and I read a lot of these kind of self-help books, but nothing was changing because I couldn't give up my addictions. So finally, a series of 
bad things happen. I won't go into. Suffice it to say, I hit my bottom pretty hard. It was painful to be in a place of such self-loathing and guilt and shame and just disgust with myself. I just couldn't stand it anymore. And I did reach out and I got the help I needed. And I started on the path to personal growth and development. And I did go through a 12-step program. I went through therapy. I have read thousands of books <laughs> and hundreds, hundreds of programs, taken hundreds of them over the years. And honestly, I have never stopped. So I kind of switched my addiction from... Um, alcohol and drugs into personal growth and development, wow. okay. but it was much more healthy and it was all about sure. me. So yeah. now it has been since February 3rd, 1985, I have not taken a drink or a drug. Wow. Congratulations on that. Cause so many people, when it comes to substance abuse, it's a pattern. They drop, they have some bad thing happen and they swear they're never going to do it again. And they, but they get off the wagon as some people say, and, Away they go and it's a very difficult a spiral yes. spiraling and pattern. Yeah, there's a whole host of reasons why some people relapse and some people don't. I don't know why I didn't, mm. except for to say I was just in a place where I had just moved from San Antonio to Austin, Texas, and my boyfriend at the time, uh, both of us had gotten transferred with our jobs. Then as soon as we got to Austin, they transferred him to Phoenix okay. and he was happy to go. He was tired of me. And so I suddenly had no friends and I had no buddy to drink with. And it became very obvious to me that I had a problem because now I couldn't just say it was social sure, anymore, sure. but that's good yeah. because that's the pain that makes us change. The pain that makes us change. And I love when you say that because not everybody changes when the pain comes. Some people, I call it the malaise of mediocrity or the malaise of misery. They wallow in the misery. They take some comfort in the misery and you chose not to do that. And you chose to take some actions. You've mentioned a couple already. Obviously, you're a successful author and podcaster and a coach and a leader now, and you're flourishing in many ways. I'm sure you have some challenges as well now, even now. What do you think? Oh, oh no. Wait a minute. No, I'm perfect you're, now, You're Brad. the one. You're the one. That's why we're, <laughs> that, that's yeah, why we're talking to you no. today, Maureen. For <laughs> We were looking for the perfect one, and here you are. Here you are. But uh, so funny. Yeah. But I do want to say one thing about that. Sure. Because I think that there are some people in life. One of the things that I've really found a, a love for is understanding human behavior. So in my 40s, I went back to school and I got my undergrad in psychology and my master's in education. And I started to study all things personality. And I went through Myers Briggs. I've taught that I and the Enneagram. And now I teach everything disc. And when you understand that, I feel like I've been graced with to be a people person, right? To have enthusiasm and a Pollyanna, if you will, outlook on okay. life. I see the good in others and I see the good in people. And there are other people who, the ones who wallow. And I think it depends on how you were raised too, right? Sure. Culture you were raised in and all those things we were conditioned with. But in the end, there are some people that are very just questioning and skeptical and they're introverted and they just go within 
and they don't get the help they need and they don't make those connections with people. And I think connection is one of the biggest advantages of my personality type and just being able to bond with people. Sure. It's really helped me. It's saved my soul. That's you've, you've gone a few places that I really want to go with you. You've talked about connections. You've talked about uh, education, getting your education. You've talked about just reading and and the mind work and how it saved your soul. Let's narrow it down a little bit. I like to think about kind of actionable points that could be helpful to our audience. What do you think are maybe two or three actions that you took were really pivotal that kind of kept you from being that person just stuck back in your days of being really stuck into alcohol and other things to the person now with a person now who has a lot to offer. What are some of the actions that you took? In the beginning, it was all just learning to love myself. The more you figure out who you are, what you stand for, what are your values, doing that deep work to discover what you believe and what you really don't align with in your heart and your soul. Because the more you understand yourself, then the more you can help others. <laughs> it's a, it's so true. You can't just become a doctor, for example, and help all these other people and never feed yourself good nutrition or ever exercise yeah. or never sleep. What you really do have to do for yourself before you can do for others. And so it's, you know, how inner peace or world peace starts with inner peace. Sure. It's like, any kind of leadership in the world to become who you really want to be, it starts with inner leadership. So for me, that was getting vulnerable and really honest with myself. Who am I? What Am I doing this for you so that you'll like me? Or am I doing it because this is really who I am and I feel good? I, do, you, do I really honor myself? And to, you don't just wake up one day from self-loathing and say, okay, I quit drinking. Now I love myself. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a bit of a process. I call that the, wild, yeah, I call yeah. that the wilderness experience. And people, you just don't automatically switch from being in this bad place to a good place. You got to go through some of the pain of recovery. You got to go through some of the pain of the wilderness experience and and to get through that you got to choose to do it to keep going one step at a time even when it's pretty rough oh and it's hurts yeah and it's scary you have to walk through your fear you really like in in the program in the 12 steps you have to surrender that's the first step right. you have to do a thorough moral and inventory of yourself and what who have you hurt what bad things did you do and you have to make amends mm -hmm. you have to really Take your ego and push it away. Yeah. You have to let go of all of that stuff, how people see you, what they think of you. We call it goop. The good opinion of other people okay. is none of my business. I love that. It's none of my business. I love that. <laughs> you got to do the inner work. Of course, the 12-step program is all about that type yeah. of thing. And the folks who do follow it have an opportunity to hey, indeed have recovery and you chose that route and do teach a lot of this and what you teach now. And, but it has to do with a commitment to the inner life. And I'd like to go there with you for a few minutes, Maureen. What do you think is the value the importance of connecting with something greater than self to life? It might be religion. It might be meditation, might be something, something else. But is there a part of this process for you, which is about 
the inner life, the spiritual life, or something beyond self, which is part of this transformation for you. Oh, indeed. Yes. So being raised Catholic, I had a punishing God when I first started out. And it was scary for me. I used to really just think that I knew what a piece of crap I was. Certainly God knew. And I was going to hell because of all the, quote, sins I had created or, you know, paid it in. But the more I built my self-esteem, the more I realized that um, God loved me. There was, there's no, there's none of this. I really don't even believe in sin. One of the things I've studied extensively is A Course in Miracles. Are you familiar with the course? I'm familiar with miracles. Uh, uh, there's several. This is a it's a specific course, but it doesn't matter. Okay, so, well, that's okay. But, there's all yeah. several sort of things out there. I'm not sp- sure that, but this specific one. But go ahead, go ahead with your thought of with your thought. I, I don't want to have to explain. Yeah, all that, I, I understand. But, but sometimes people know about the course. Right. Anyways, what I learned was that, or what I began to change my idea of my higher powers, not some deity that was judging me and going to send me to hell or heaven after I die. I think that now that the energy of source of all that it is an energy of love, just love, like the unconditional love, like it doesn't, whatever choices I make, it's me that judges myself, my conscience that knows when I've done something bad or good. When I align with who I am, I feel great. And even though it might not be right for you, it might be right for me because I've learned to listen, right? We all have our own inner guidance system. So I do meditate every single day. For a while, I called myself a recovering Catholic, okay. <laughs> and I actually called myself a born-again pagan for a while. Yeah, okay. I do believe in the energy, the organized energy of the universe, that there is a, not a reason, but I do believe that everything happens for my highest good and that it's my way of seeing it. Like, even if I become a victim in the world, there is some gift in there for me. It is for my growth that every adversity leads, has a seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Sure. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Those things are beliefs now because I've studied them and I've seen them happen over and over again. And it sounds like the transition has been one. I get in touch. It sounds like the transition one where you, out of your religious experience growing up, there was a negativity or a doom, gloom, or. Yeah you know, the almighty God who's going to crush you. And now you have the almighty or whatever it is for your good, that for your benefit, that you've made this connection, this transformation that has illuminated you, made you feel good about yourself because, you know, you're a good person and you've got good things going on. And that's a spiritual enlightenment from my perspective. And I don't believe any really transition takes place without a couple of these things we're talking about here, taking some action, reading, education, all that kind of thing, and then the inner work, the inner spiritual work or enlightenment, however one was to term that. In working with people, Brad, don't you think that transformation occurs when you have those shifts, when you have those aha moments, when suddenly what you were thinking for so long, you sort of realize, oh, that's wrong. That doesn't work for me. I'm going to think this way instead. And then things start changing. We'll see 
the miracles. So they're small. They can People will say small. things like that. They use terminology like something snapped, something clicked. It was a yeah, miracle. Yeah. A miracle, almost by definition, is something that was going wrong that suddenly went right. And It's so, a shift in perception. Shift in perception, absolutely. And then I believe another part of this is then we have that moment of transition, but the moment of but transformation comes as we live that out and that becomes whom we are. And so tell us a little bit about that for you, Maureen, about how's life now? I want to go to disciplines, practices, everyday life, relationships, how they all integrate in your life to help make your life better and how you also integrate that in serving others. Let's talk about how you, your mind has changed in these disciplines. Okay. So I do believe in the discipline of having a morning practice. Okay. But first I will tell you that generally speaking, I got married three years sober and we've been together for 34 years now. We have a 32-year-old adult child who is now has four children. <laughs> so they, I have four grandchildren wow. right down, they live right down the street. I love that. I, I just love seeing the joy. They keep me young for sure. sure. I also had a 27 year corporate career where I was able to self-actualize in many of my roles there over the year. Yeah. And I came out in 2013 and started my own business, Emerge Leadership Academy. And now I teach leaders, I teach leadership teams or managers uh, and their teams how to really understand themselves and understand each other a little bit better. So they have higher levels of emotional intelligence, which also creates higher levels of productivity and that sort of thing. And I also work with one-on-one -on -one individuals who feel stuck because they want to get to the next level in their career, but they're still busy blaming people, places, or, but we might have a lot of times we have emotional blockages. So I help people go through that process. So my own practice is to get up every morning. And first thing is meditate. I don't start without that. That's the first thing. Even if I have a four o'clock plane to jump on, I wake up early and I meditate okay. for at least 10 minutes. And then I exercise because it's important to keep our body healthy sure. so that we have to give others. Then I have breakfast with my husband and we read a couple of books, usually spiritual in nature. Okay. Right now we're reading aging from aging to saging. It's really good hmm. about becoming an elder and entering elderhood to really help society and the planet and people. And then finally, I then do everything I can to give back to give what I have so that I can help other people have those shifts, those little miracles. I can help other people to transform out of negative ways of thinking into better belief systems, understanding their values so that they can be happy regardless of their situation, because it's in finding your happiness internally that suddenly all the external stuff starts to change. It's not the job you're going to find your happiness in or the, the man or the woman or the kids even, or any of that. It's in everyday 
work, inner work, and getting in touch with your own internal joy and peace. And that means aligning with who you are, with what you know, and giving. It's hard to have satisfaction out of relationships or the stuff of life, the new house, the car, whatever, without having some satisfaction, being a good place in your own, in your own self, self actualization, as you say. And I just am a big believer of that. And then a part of that process, you've already mentioned this, how is how gratifying it is to serve others. And I think it comes out of your own experiences and the love of your heart to share that with other people. And so tell us what some of the be a little bit more specific. What are some of the ways you do serve other people? Maybe tell us what you teach in your book or what is in some of the seminars that you have. What are some of the specific ways that you serve others? Okay. So my whole, the process that I lead people through is, is really how I serve. And I'm an educator by trade. I love to learn. And so I, I pass on my knowledge and experience, but I do that in a way that people can take it in. So you have to start with where they are, but any client that I work with, I help explain first, we take care of the past. We go through what is your belief system? What do you, you know, how were you raised? Let's talk about how you were programmed. What do you have? What traumas have you been through? And being helping people to understand how to feel those that's really helpful because once you own that and you stop trying to stuff it all the time then you don't have to fall back on addictions my addictions aren't the so many shopping and gambling and <laughs> mm-hmm. sexting and all kinds of stuff so the long and eating did we say that right <laughs> those are all <laughs> those are the biggies there yeah yeah and the second thing once you understand how you were programmed is to now forgive the whole process of forgiveness, right? Yes. You have to yeah. forgive those people. Holding on to resentments is like drinking poison, sure. hoping your enemy. Will even die. if they, even if they've been good, dead and gone for years and years, you still got to forgive them. Yeah, it's crazy. So we have processes for that, right? Writing of letters sometimes, and there's meditations that I I do in that regard. Once you deal with the past, you free up so much energy. But we also talk a lot about personality. I go through tools like let's understand your values? What are your top values? What are your skills? We do, sometimes when people are looking for a new job with me, we talk about resume writing and those kinds of skills. I've been in HR for years Mm -hmm. and leadership. And then we talk about planning, how you are a co-creator. You have an energy within you and it's based a lot of times on how you think. And the higher levels of thinking that you do, the higher levels of energy you will expend or not expend, vibrate at, and you will attract those higher level, higher vibrational beings into your life, jobs, experiences. And that's really what we're all looking for, right? We're looking for fulfillment and we're looking for to really enjoy life on the planet. Sure. So this is how I help people through that. That's awesome. And I'm just a big believer that the sense of meaninglessness is is an epidemic in our world. And that search for meaning Fullness is what many people crave so much. In fact, I noticed in the Google, I got a, a video article here a while back about the top search terms. And one of the top search term was how to heal. And so that just, oh, wow. just puts out that that is something that's on people's minds. And 
right there a lot. So tell us. One of the things I'd like to just comment on that you just said that might help your listeners. And it's this, it's a belief. Okay. It's a belief. Everything is a belief, just a thought that we think over and over again. But this one has really helped me. And that is this, nothing has any meaning except for what you give it. That's the truth. Yeah, that's true. Nothing has any meaning except for what you give it. So if something is really meaningful to you and you know you have to get rid of it, just start letting go of the meaning mm-hmm. there. Let it go. Let it go. What, so that's what happens when people go through divorce. They have to let go. And it's hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so meaningful while they had it. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely the case. And so that, that leads me to ask you one more thing here about you've mentioned you know, how you've been helpful to other people. How about a, a story about a person or a situation that based on your teaching or leadership or your book or something that, you know, okay, they get it and it's been helpful and they've shared that with you. Do you have that type of story? Yeah. Most of the people that I work with are, they're seasoned professionals because I worked in the corporate environment for so long, but they, but there's a lot of people who get to a certain level in their career. So I have this one guy, Noel, and he was a director at an insurance company and he was stuck for about 14 years. He had four people reporting to him. He made a certain salary, got a little bonus every year, but he knew he had more potential. He was 49 years old when he came to me and come to find out, you know, he was raised in an alcohol with a alcoholic father. And there was a lot of that voice, right. That stops us, that inner critic. Sometimes that happens when you are raised in an environment where you're not totally loved and supported, but you're told to shut up and be quiet. And you do what you have to do to survive. Then you get to a place, you have a certain amount of success, but you've hit this wall. Like I can't get any higher. How do I do this? So we worked together. He went through my program and within four months, he had a new job at a new company, a two grade level promotion. He's an assistant vice president. Now he's got 30 people under him and managers and then, you know, others under them. And he raised his, his increased his salary by 30%. So he was making like 200 and now he's making 300,000 and he got this huge bonus sign up, not just not a sign up, but like a performance bonus. And we continue to work together because it's so important to have somebody to bounce things off of now he's training his people, he's building relationships, and it's easy to fall back into old habits because, you know, your victimizer wants to keep you small. Your ego really does. So this is how I help people. That's a big story That's great. because he had such an amazing amount of growth. You do have a, an amazing story in your own right. And you're helping people. And that's what I love to see. I love to see people who take action, who care enough to go to the inner life to connect with something greater than self. And then they're, they live it out in their disciplined life. And then they serve others with love. And that's what I like to teach and be about. And you've proven to be helpful to others. I'm sure you're, there's somebody here into our voice, hearing our voices here today, who you've been very helpful to. And so if people do want to get, make a connection with you, Maureen, how can they do that? And what are they going to find? 
I would love for people to visit me at emergeleadershipacademy.com and take the quiz and find out what animal best represents your leadership style. I know for if you're more serious in nature, just ignore the animal because underneath that, you're going to find some good information. And also, if you're interested in, if you're in recovery or you're a speaker and you have a way to help people, you can listen to my podcast, Emerge, Evolve, Lead. It's for people in recovery. And you'll hear some very inspiring stories about people who get into leadership. Because if you're in recovery and you've already done that deep inner work, you should be leading and helping other people and contributing in that way because the world needs more good leadership with empathetic listening and so forth, which is what you have, Brad. So thank you so much for providing this forum for people to continue to heal and grow in their lives. My, my pleasure. And it's also a pleasure to get connected to folks like you have a similar heart to reach folks who are disconnected and they're stuck in some form of their life and just need a little nudge, a little coaching, a little direction to help them to get to a better place, to get on the pathway to peace, prosperity, and purpose. And you've been very helpful to that. And I will mention also that you, another resource that you have is your book, Seven Steps to Transformation. And we'll put connections to everything to her web, website, EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com. Everything will be at our show notes at DrBradMeller.com. And our guest today is Maureen Ross, Jim, what a pleasure to have you as our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Thank you, Maureen. What a delight, Maureen Ross, Jim, was to have you on Beyond Adversity today. Love having her. What a spirit, what a, a, a personality which you, of a person you really want to get to, to know, and what a story to tell, and what a help to you, especially if something to do with your personal life or your emotional life, your spiritual life is impacting your work life and how they, you know, they're all are integrated uh, together. I hope you heard the takeaway point that you can really apply to your life. If you go over to her website, EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com, you can go there, and among the many things you can do, is to take a free quiz about what animal best represents your leadership style. It may sound a little bit it's a little bit silly or funky, but take it. And there's some apical principles here in your life. And she be, applies it to strengths and leadership uh, opportunities uh, for growth. And then you can understand a little bit of what she offers in her course, The Recovery at Work uh, course, a program to help you step up in your career and to heal and to have wholeness. And uh, her book, then, uh, Seven Steps to Transformation, is a helpful resource as well. Marie Ross Jim. Take a look. You'll find it profitable in your life. That's what we're here to do on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can always go to drbradmiller.com for over 200 episodes of this podcast with a lot of folks just like Maureen who can help you in your life to grow through what you go through and to come to a place of peace and prosperity and purpose. Uh, there on our website, drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way, you can take a look for a little more information about our course about the 40-day way to help you to create your PLP, your promised life plan, a plan to help you get from stuck to your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We're always here to be helpful to you as you navigate adversity in your life and to get to a better place. My name is Dr. Brad Muller. Love to be helpful to you. Reach out to me so we can be in contact. Until we get together again, friends, on the Beyond Adversity podcast, remember to always do all the good, 
that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Thank you.